What is going on everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon and I'm here again with Caleb and we are continuing on with John Hughes Month Part 2. Uh, we're going to be talking about 16 Candles, but before we get to that, Caleb, what have you been watching? I have nothing to add because I'm so amazing. <laughs> no, Uh-oh. actually, you would think with me being stuck like on the couch this week because I'm an old man. Um, that I would have watched stuff, but I really didn't. I watched Family Guy as per usual, so I don't think you want to talk about Family Guy. <laughs> well, I watched Family Guy too. All I'm, right. I think about halfway through season two, something like that. Rock. I don't know. I'm kind of waiting for the middle seasons. Because I've seen the first couple seasons quite a bit because I used to have them on DVD, so maybe that's why I'm kind of burned out on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody always says the first couple seasons are the best, but I'm kind of struggling with some of them. <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, I think they get a little bit better when the animation gets a little bit better too. Yeah. So, but anyways. Right. Um, also been rewatching How I Met Your Mother, which nice. I've seen tons of times, but I don't know, it's just a funny show. Wanted something to watch, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's on Hulu, so I'll just watch that. Uh, other than that, I watched this Netflix miniseries called Till Murder Do Us Part, and it's about this girl and her boyfriend and someone killed her parents and they don't know cops can't figure out who it was but I'm pretty sure it's one of those two and they both went to jail and like I don't know it's I'm on like the last episode and I tried to watch it a couple times and I keep falling asleep because a lot of times I don't get to watch anything until like 9.30 <laughs> and my youngest always wakes me up in the middle of the night so yeah struggle to stay awake but the last thing I watched was this Japanese horror movie called Audition. It's like this businessman, his wife dies, and his friend talks him into like doing a casting call for a fake movie, but what he's looking for is a girlfriend. <laughs> it's like he comes across this girl that he's completely enamored with, and then they start a relationship, and then it ends up she ends up not being what he originally thought, and she's nuts. And it just kind of downward spiral from there. It's it's kind of a famous movie. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the director, Takashi Miike. Mm, maybe. Yeah, he's, he's the one who directed it. He's kind of a famous Japanese director. But it was kind of interesting. I watched it on Joe Bob's last drive-in, which I prefer to watch a lot of the foreign horror movies on there because he always gives you like backstory and explanation and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really helpful for Italian horror movies. Like it's made me understand some more of like the Jalo movies and stuff. Okay. So yeah, he gives a lot of interesting facts. That is pretty much all I watched other than some random YouTube junk of a slower week for me. I've been kind of busy. But um, one thing I did watch and took some time for, I watched it twice actually, was 16 Candles. I did the new age fancy thingamajig and watched it on Netflix, and I also watched it on beta. So <laughs> good times. You ready to talk about it? Let's do it. Right. Sixteen Candles, it is from 1984 and is directed by John Hughes. Uh, The plot is, a girl's sweet 16th birthday party is anything but special. Uh, Her family forgets about it, and she suffers from every embarrassment possible. 
Also, the word party is not in the plot, but I, for some reason, added it in there. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, there was no party. <laughs> I realized that I had a pause after that, if you didn't pick <laughs> up on that. I was like, why did I say party? Um, but the cast, we got Molly Ringwald as Samantha. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, again, as the geek. Uh, Michael, I think it's how you say his last name, is Sheffling as uh, Jake Ryan, Justin Henry as Mike Baker, uh, Gede Watanabe as Long Duck Dong, Paul Dooley as Jim Baker, and Haviland Morris as Carolyn Baker. All right, so something real quick before moving on. Did Anthony Michael Hall really not have a name? Uh, No, his name is... um... Because his friends called him a name, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Something farmer. Ted the farmer? Ted, yeah. There we go. His, okay. His, yeah, they call him Farmer Ted. His name is Ted Farmer. Okay. <laughs> because the, for a second there, when I saw his name as Geek, I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah, in the credits it says Geek. <laughs> All right. That, that totally threw me off. Oh, man. Uh, have you seen this one before? No, I had not. No, oh my gosh. So yeah, I um, uh, I've seen this one quite a few times. I watched it quite a few times this year, actually. Uh, I don't know. I was, I went through a John Hughes streak probably like in the spring, and I think I watched like almost every one of his movies, and I watched Sixteen Candles a couple times. Okay. Um, yeah, I own it on on CD and on Beta. Uh, I think I watched it on both those, and then it was on Hulu for a while. Uh, it's on Netflix right now, so if you guys um, have the drive to watch it after listening to this episode, go for it. Uh, you can find it on Netflix as of now. Um, we're recording this on <laughs> November 9th, so that gives you an idea. Yeah, I this I don't know really exactly how to say it, but this is one of the more unique John Hughes movies to me. Um, okay. Part so part of it, I think, though, is heavily based off of assumptions I had about this movie. Okay. Um, because so obviously, not seeing the movie, I'm well aware of the movie, and uh, I guess what I would say is I knew well enough that it was um Molly's 16th birthday, it did not go well, um, she had a crush, and then Anthony Michael Hall with uh his character Ted was acquaintances friends with her like I didn't really know exactly what the dynamic was but I thought that um by the end of the movie just because from all the the scenes I had seen and um, memes or you know little snippets you see I thought that at the end Molly and Anthony their characters got together so i i really did not have any understanding of this film coming in like it was very inaccurate but also beyond that i thought this was more of a going to be more of a drama than a like a teen rom-com almost because i thought it was i thought it was going to be a little bit more serious not to say that breakfast club is not funny but i feel like there is a little bit more of a serious tone to breakfast club mm-hmm. um, because they really get deep into like what their lives are actually like and everything. And that's why I thought this was going to be like, but it was far from that. I mean, it was just basically like a fun, good old time. I mean, I, I obviously not so much for Molly the whole time, but they were cracking jokes like every five minutes, basically. So this was, I I don't know. It just caught me very off guard and, but it was very, it was very enjoyable. I I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah. It's um, probably one of his movies that hasn't, some of the stuff hasn't aged as well. (laughs) Some of his other movies. I would agree with that. This, this movie's got a lot of problematic things um, looking at it through the eyes of someone in 2023. 
but um yeah the before i watched this the first time too i thought it was more of like a romantic comedy yeah like i knew she ended up with with jake at the end but uh just because seeing that picture the, the famous shot of her and him sitting on each side of the birthday cake yeah well that's with the, the candles fun- and everything that's the funny thing is because I've seen that so many times, but I guess I never really paid attention to who the guy was. <laughs> so I always thought it was Anthony Michael Hall just because he's the other main guy that you see all the time. Yeah. Uh, man, that'd have been an interesting end to this movie. Yeah, no kidding. Well, especially I, I think it's funny that you bring that up. And I don't know if you want to tackle that now, but I do think that we should discuss like what maybe was the most the worst thing to age in this movie <laughs> the worst thing yeah uh, the, well there's two things that i have that are competing with each other for worst um long duck dawn yep uh for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most ridiculous asian stereotype um and then also the fact that jake just lets anthony michael hall take his girlfriend to do whatever he wants with her while she's like completely wasted <laughs> Yes, that that was another one. And uh, I had kind of a third one, and that's why this one's probably the most mild. But, like, Anthony Michael Hall's character, Ted, basically, like, uh, is borderline trying to force Molly to do things? Yeah. Um, He's forcing himself on her. Yes. And of course, like it didn't really go, I mean, that far, but in context, if she didn't fight back, that could have gotten really ugly. Are you talk about the, the scene there in the auto shop. Yes. But then yeah. the, the thing that is even worse though, is what wound up happening with Jake's girlfriend and that things actually did happen. But fortunately, she was okay with it. Yeah. It's like neither one of them remembers what happens. Yeah. Because they wake up and he's like, well, I just want to know if you enjoyed it. She's like, in a weird way, I think I did. Yeah. I mean, because if she said no and I'm like extremely mad about it, completely different twist. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's other things, too. Um, There's a part where... Oh, gosh. They're talking about... It's like Sam and her girlfriend are talking about something where she says something about, no, a guy. And she's like, a black guy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that part didn't age as well either. (laughs) Our friend's just like appalled that it could be a black guy that she was thinking about. Yep, there was that. And then also the um the weird thing going on with her sister getting married where yeah. it's almost like she didn't want to get married. Like it was the worst relationship one of the worst <laughs> relationships. And the guy she's getting married to is a complete doucher. Yeah. Like she was just getting married to get married. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those getting married to someone that can financially support you. Yeah. It's like, it's like the room. <laughs> you should, you should marry, marry him. Johnny. He takes good <laughs> care of you. Oh my gosh. But I don't love him. I don't love your father. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or whatever it is. She says that is great. Oh man. Yeah. There's a, there's a good comparison for you. Wow. With Tommy Wiseau and 16 candles. Um, gosh. <laughs> So so here's a little random thing. I know we're a little scattered here, but speaking of the sister getting married, do you want to know what I think was the most pointless thing in this entire movie? What? Her younger sister. Do you even remember that she had a younger sister? Oh, man, I don't. Yeah. She showed up at the beginning because she was fighting with the brother in the hallway. Yeah. And then she was a bridesmaid or like flower girl. And then that was it. Like there was no other reason she existed. She didn't show, you didn't see her around the grandparents really at all. There was next to nothing. Like 
I forgot she existed until the wedding. And I was like, oh, yeah, she also has a younger sister, too. <laughs> Dude, I've seen this movie multiple times. I forgot she had a sister. Yeah. But her brother's a complete and utter butthole. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Well, well, that was the thing, too, where I was just like, the only reason or one of the very few reasons that it's credible for her to have a younger sister, too, is why her brother's such a butthole, because he has three sisters. Yeah. That's what I had in my notes. It's like her brother's just a complete dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, there was only a couple other things, too, I thought that didn't age well. It was just, like, words that they used. I mean, it's common in a lot of 80s movies where they call people, like, retarded and fag and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, that wouldn't fly now, but... Yep. Um, yeah, dude, I completely forgot she had a younger sister so that might be the most pointless character in really any movie i've watched in a long time (laughs) i know it's just so a lot of times we talked about different things about most annoying character useless but this was probably one of the easiest things to say where it's just like that character should never existed i mean obviously Oh, I shouldn't say obviously, but there's a decent chance that maybe she had a larger role with some things and then all her content just got, you know, chopped in the editing block. But yeah. still, like at the end of it, it's just like, why did she even exist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she has like, I don't even think she has any lines. And um, they pretty much build that character as nothing. So yeah, could have easily just cut the whole character out. Um, I would say this movie is one of those movies where it's a collection of scenes. Like it has a good plot that kind of weaves everything together, but really to me, it's one of those movies. that's like a collection of scenes that are memorable. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of my notes too I had was, uh, they forgot her birthday. So she just whines all day and sulks. I was like, John Hughes totally understands teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was exactly spot on. But uh, some of the scenes that really stand out to me is when they go to school and they're showing like all the kids in line and stuff, getting ready to go in, and um, like the couple walking with their hands in each other's pockets. Yeah, like as I even remember seeing that in high school in the early two thousands. Um, so I guess that technically aged well probably not the same (laughs) style of jeans though yeah uh we weren't that far behind Um, i thought it's kind of funny that you mentioned that opening scene because i thought the filming of all the kids shoes was really interesting because you you don't always think about it like in high school it was a big deal about what shoes you had to a certain extent, but also at the same time, like there was enough people that just had crappy gym worn down shoes. That's just like, that was part of their identity. I mean, Mm -hmm. not saying that's fair, but you know, that's kind of what they were viewed as. So I, I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting that that's what they chose to do in that intro. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that because that's what I was going to say, too, is that what kind of shoes you had was kind of a big deal in high school, mm-hmm. like material things, I guess. So and it kind of focuses on that uh, for the most part. And like a lot of those people, you don't even see their face. You kind of just see their clothes and everything. So everybody yeah. goes along with it. Uh, along with that, you also get the part where Sam's filling out the questionnaire that kind of leads to this whole plot. And the questionnaire made me laugh because. Uh, that was the kind of stuff that would get passed around in like middle school. Yeah. Where it's like, do you like someone? Who is it? Or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, have you ever done it before? <laughs> um, and I like how she, I like how she answers it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which just cracks me up. Uh, another th- scene that really cracks me up too is the bus scene. Right when we meet Anthony Michael Hall's character. Mm-hmm. But you look at the whole group of like weirdos on the bus and dude, that's like a bus ride right there. Did oh, you man. ride the bus? 
very rarely um because so when we we moved outside of town and my mom was a teacher and so she actually homeschooled us for a little while and so when I went back to school it was seventh grade my brother was a freshman so for a year my mom took us to school okay and then after that my brother had his license so I just went with my brother oh okay uh, but there was, I, I don't know, I'd probably say there was a half a dozen times just for unique situations I had to ride the bus. So, yeah, it I I did not have that experience too often, but yeah, the bus, the bus sucked. <laughs> yeah, like my bus was full of a bunch of stoners and weirdos, <laughs> which is kind of what this bus looked like, including both of the Cusack siblings. Yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy when I saw him. I was just like, oh, man, no way. Well, it's. It just makes me laugh a little bit because, I mean, nothing against Anthony and Michael Hall. He's had a plenty great career, but John Cusack is obviously a bit bigger of a name. Yeah. To just the point where it's just that he's a side character in this. Yeah, it was basically one of his first movies. Uh, his sister's also in it. She's the girl in the back brace, Joan Cusack. Oh, I I knew that, but yeah, for some reason I totally forgot about that. Yeah, kind of, kind of funny that they're both in it and playing like side characters that are kind of just there, but they're also memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pop up a few times throughout the movie. Yeah, uh, some other funny scenes. <laughs> the one that always catches me by surprise is when they're showering after gym class and they show Jake's girlfriend in the shower, like butt naked. And I'm like, I always forget that there's nudity in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It, was it comes that. out of nowhere and it's kind of gratuitous and it lingers a little bit. Like she's taking a shower in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> yes. That's funny. I was kind of thinking the same thing, but also too, like I was waiting for the moment for her to turn and see the girls watching her and be like, how awkward is this? Yeah, because they're just like totally standing there and they're talking about her body and like they're zooming in on her boobs and everything. And it's just really weird. This movie. Uh, I'm not sure if that's accurate to high school from a girl's perspective that they would just watch other girls in the shower. But yeah, probably not. Probably not. Now, of course, talking about how they're growing up and maturing and some are developing and some are not. I know plenty of times that they would have conversations like that, but yeah. All I know is when I was in gym class, like, and they forced us to take a shower, I usually went in with my shorts on and just like washed my hair and got the heck out of there. Yeah. Because <laughs> you always had your weirdos that would stand there naked and take a shower for like 20 minutes. I, so. I only had took gym class my junior and senior year, and I think both years it was the last class of the day. Ah, uh, okay. So there were a lot of people who didn't take showers because you would just go home and take a shower. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, mine was like one of the first of the day, so. Oh yeah, we you didn't you, have that you, luxury. You got it after that. Yeah, I think I went in there like washed my hair really quick and just like washed my armpits and got out of there. Yeah, staring at the floor the whole time. <laughs> Uh, uncomfortable uh speaking of uncomfortable we already talked about long duck dong but he makes his appearance <laughs> his entrance and um it's funny but at the same time it's like it's pretty racist oh <laughs> pretty yeah. much every time they show him they play like this big gong in the background <laughs> and you know the guy did a great job acting in this and like i've seen him in other things and he's a funny dude so I'll give him that. I mean, the character is a stereotype for sure, but. Oh, yeah. I like how they're sitting there eating dinner and he has a fork and a spoon and he's using them upside down as chopsticks. <laughs> well, and then also that's very clear that the only reason that his grand the her grandparents have him is so that he can do chores for them. <laughs> yeah. He's like the grandpa. The grandpa's kind of funny because he's like, 
He helps out with the dishes in the laundry, you betcha. <laughs> the log duck dog says something about mowing the lawn so it doesn't bother Grandpa's hyena. They all look at each other, and then the Dick Brothers just like hernia. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, they also call him a Chinaman at one point too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yes, I, I forgot about that. Which makes me think of a classic Big Lebowski quote, another movie you haven't seen. But <laughs> it's like, please, Chinaman's not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. Well, you know, another thing, um, actually, as we're going a little bit here periodically, because um, then the dance comes up, yeah. is... Uh, one thing that I thought was a little bit weird and didn't have exactly a natural progression is Molly hated Anthony Michael Hall, like yeah. from the get go, which I, I don't blame her. Like, I mean, I get it. That was, that would have been a high school dynamic, but then there was a really fast flip of the switch at the dance. Like she was embarrassed by him. She, like chewed him out. Her friends also chewed him out. She left. Somehow he found her. He tries and, to sneak up on her. Yeah. And then she just like opens up to him. Yeah. It it was a little bit unnatural. Like that that transition just kind of stuck out to me because it was a little rough. Yeah, it was a little abrupt for her to like open up to him, but I think as the movie progresses, she kind of realizes like, oh, he's like actually listening to me and caring about what I say. Yeah. Taking some sympathy or empathy or, you know, so I kind of get that. But yeah, it was abrupt. Uh, another thing that was abrupt, too, was all of a sudden that one girl just loves Long Duck Dong. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so hilarious because she's like really tall and she's got big boobs and she's like dancing with him and he's like resting her his head on her chest and he's just staring at her nipple. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, What's your, what's your name? He says, Um Dong. Dong. But what's your first name? Long. And then she gets like this weird look at her face, and then she's like, What's your middle name? He says, Duck. <laughs> but it's just uh it's so awkward and funny. And then those two are such so ridiculous as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. And you know, long duck dong gets drunk and then bunch of crazy stuff happens with him but um yeah you know back to the scene where anthony michael hall tries to sneak up on her mm -hmm. uh that cracks me up too because he knocks over all those car parts and it makes like this crazy loud sound as you just like look at him like oh not this asshole again <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then he tries to get into the car and he can't get in and oh just ridiculous and he comes out as like super annoying because she says it's her birthday and then he starts singing birthday by the Beatles. <laughs> and then she tells him to stop so that he starts singing Hey Jude. <laughs> it's like, this guy's such an idiot. Yeah. Uh, you talked about the scene there too that earlier that didn't age well. And when she like opens up is talking to him and she's you could tell that she's thinking, like, you know, maybe this guy's not too bad. He's, you know, he might be a good friend. He's listening and that kind of thing. And then, of course, he misreads that as that she wants him. So he, like, basically jumps on her and starts kissing her. And she's like, get off me. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, no, it's fine. It's okay. And then he, like, looks at her and does it again. She's like, it didn't mean do it again. Yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> that 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 moment and all of that was really hilarious because that is so true. Not not that it would exactly go like that, but just the whole misinterpretation at that age of like, oh, she she actually listens to me and talks to me. She must like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because guys are stupid. Oh yeah. Uh, that's too this leads into one of the most famous scenes from the movie he explains this bet that he has with his friends mm -hmm. uh that he's like all i need 
is to borrow your underpants for 10 minutes. And then they show him in the bathroom, like, presenting her underwear and, like, all these kids, like, whoa, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I love, too, how the bet was for floppy disk. Yeah. What the... <laughs> I thought that was can't... totally absurd. Yeah, if you can't get with her, then you, oh, then you have to buy us floppy disk. Uh, typical nerds. Yeah. What would the equivalent to that be today? Like a terabyte hard drive? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That'd be something like that. Um, and last time I bought one of those, they were like 60 bucks. So I don't know how much they are now. Yeah, no, they're they're really not that bad now. Huh? Yeah. I, I like the scene too where she's getting like advice from her sister. And her sister's basically like one of those girls who's a total bitch, but doesn't realize that she comes off that way. (laughs) (laughs) She honestly made me think of some of the girls in horror movies that you're just like, oh yeah, she deserves to die. Yeah. Uh, The bitchy character from a Friday 13th movie. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, this whole time after she does the questionnaire, that's when Jake finds it because he sees her drop it because she's trying to pass it to her friend. And then he's like asking around about Samantha trying to talk to her. And she has no idea this is happening. He has no idea that she likes him. And of course, he talks to Anthony Michael Hall because like, I saw you talking to um, Samantha Baker and He's like, are you with her? And he's like, well, kind of. <laughs> like he thinks that he still has a chance. Uh, and it's one of my favorite parts in this movie is they have that crazy party because, of course, it's an 80s movie. Oh, yeah. And they have to have this crazy party. And it ends up with Jake and Anthony Michael Hall uh, having this this conversation about basically like life and girls and how they're how they fit in like high school and stuff it, it's hilarious because Anthony Michael is trying to seem super cool and like older because Jake's like a senior mm-hmm. and he's a what a freshman I think yeah or the eighth grader or something ridiculous but uh where Jake says he's like I just want I want a serious girlfriend, someone that I can love and they love me back. Is that psycho? And he's like, no, that's beautiful, Jake. <laughs> like, this cracks me up the way Anthony Michael Hall says, he's like, that's beautiful, Jake. Yeah. And then also, I do remember that part specifically because it's just like, you know, honestly, I think most guys feel that way, but they're just too afraid to say it. Yeah. Or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that ends up with Jake sending Anthony Michael Hall with his girlfriend to take her home. And that the whole build up to that's hilarious because um he's like, Alright, here's the car. He's like, Is this your car? He's like, no, it's my dad's. He's like, Jake, this is a Rolls Royce. He's like, Yeah, you said you couldn't drive stick. <laughs> he's like, it's fine, just take it. He's like, well, he's like, I don't know how to drive. It's like I don't even have a driver's license. It's fine, and I trust you. He's it's fine, I trust you. And he's like, Jake, is your dad a big man? Uh, he's about six four. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so ri- ridiculous because it's like, oh yeah, I just met you tonight and spent like, I don't know, what, maybe an hour talking to you. Yeah, I trust you. You're good yeah, to go. Drive this half million dollar car. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And that's of course he has to make a pit stop to his buddy so he could take a picture with her and the picture doesn't show up, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um and that leads into whole that whole thing. Um again, Sabatha has no idea that Jake's like trying to find her and everything, and she has to do with the wedding and all that crap. Uh and her sister starts her period right at her wedding with like worst case scenario there, I guess. Yeah, it's like oh, she's freaking out. So I, I, it's like she'll be all right. I gave her a muscle relaxer, relaxer, and she's like, "How about four? <laughs> it's 
So she's like stoned out of her mind. Uh, oh, but it's man. it's pretty hilarious. Like she falls down the wedding a couple times and like bumps into things and just acting like a complete idiot. Uh, also, the wedding has Zelda Rubenstein in it. I don't know if you know who Zelda Rubenstein is. No. She's that little old lady with the weird voice. Okay. Um, She was in the Poltergeist movies. Oh, yeah. And nope, a few other that. horror movies, too. Like, she's got her... Probably one of the easiest voices to pick up, because no one ever sounded like her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when she popped up, I was like, oh, man, I forgot she was in this. And then once you hear that her name is Zelda Rubenstein, you, it's kind of hard to forget that one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that all leads to Jake um, talking to Samantha and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, happy ending. She's sitting by the cake and um, classic family guy moment that spoofed that. <laughs> <laughs> Not like this, Jake. <laughs> oh gosh and in rewatching Family Guy I haven't come across that one yet but I remember that one yeah I can't I don't know if I saw that one yet either or maybe I was I have it <laughs> on in the background so I don't catch every moment so yeah I fell asleep a couple times last night when I was watching it so I could have missed it too but yeah um that would have been interesting if she ended up with Anthony Michael Hall. I keep thinking about that. Yeah, like that. It it's so bizarre to me what this movie actually is from what I just assumed it was from all the little pieces I had, and then I watched it and I was like, after I got done with, it, I was first of all I thoroughly enjoyed it, but secondly I was just like, wow, I was so off on this movie. The only thing I had accurate was Molly had a crappy birthday and basically the underwear scene. Those were the only things I had that were actually accurate. Every other piece I tried putting together, I was absolutely wrong about. Yeah. I would say... I, I, I Yeah, like I agree with you. I didn't... Before I saw this movie, I, I kind of thought it was going to be like a romantic comedy kind of thing and not be so much of like a teen comedy with like a lot of goofy stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- uh, it kind of made me think that, too, while I was watching it of the because par- part of the reason why I did not think she thought, uh, wow, ended up with Jake was because there are so many movies where the person is going for who they feel is the ideal person and they seem like so far off, so out of their league and everything. And then they wind up finally getting to that point that they might get them, but then they realize like they should be with someone else or something. Right. And that's totally what I thought was going on here where it's just like, she's going to be chasing Jake the whole time. And then at the end, she's going to realize, wow, I really don't want Jake who I really want is Ted. Yeah. And Goofy that, weirdo Ted. Yeah, and that totally did not happen. Yeah. Instead, apparently Ted fools around with the most popular girl in school. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't remember a thing about it. Um, did you realize how many freaking songs are in this movie? It stood out to me like crazy. No, There's I did not. 34 of them, dude. What? <laughs> 34 songs in this movie. Um, I've talked about like 80s movies before with my mother-in-law. And she said before too, like how they're basically just, a lot of them were just um, music videos because <laughs> there's so many songs. Nice. And uh, yeah, this would be a prime example of that. Um, But I mean, all the songs are good. Yeah. So no, that. It was one of those things where this was definitely a movie that the soundtrack was so good that you don't even think about it. It wasn't one of those, because we've basically kind of explained that in the past where it's just like, you have two ways that a soundtrack can be really good. One is that it fits so naturally that you don't stop and think about it. And two is that it's so good that it like 
stands out to you as being so impactful. Like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And so this one was just one that fit just so well that you get sucked into the movie and you almost, if you don't specifically stop to think about it, you don't. Yeah. Because then then the reverse is when it's bad, it's going to stick out to you because it's so bad. So... Another thing that goes into the long duck dong um, racist thing is how turning Japanese plays. <laughs> oh my gosh. After a seed with him. Um, yeah. Oh, another. There's a line from this that was played on um, a Family Guy episode, the part where long duck dong yells, Oh, sexy girlfriend. <laughs> it was like some it- DJ thing. Yeah, there was some wacky um, DJs on Family Guy that played that. Isn't doesn't he say something like, "Oh, I've never been so happy in my whole life." Yeah, I feel like that was something maybe either a local radio station had or Family Guy used as well. Because <laughs> I, I had never known what movie it was from, and then he said it, and I was like, "Whoa, what?" Wait a minute. No more Yankee, my wanky. Oh my gosh. The donger needs food. Oh, the donger. Yeah. I thought the two best things in this movie, um, other than the comedy and the music, were Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald. Yeah, no, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, and just not even... Just their acting, it's their chemistry together, the way they work together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to you before we started recording, but I listened to the rewatchables about National Lampoon's Vacation. And uh, Bill Simmons said that he thinks Anthony Michael Hall had the greatest run of any teenage actor ever. Because within a three-year period, he had Vacation, 16 Candles, the Breakfast Club, and Weird Science, like one after another. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a pretty good point. And Anthony Michael Hall was a really good actor. I mean, even now he's a pretty good actor. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't do as much as he used to. Yeah. And I mean, Molly Ringwald was in so many movies in the 80s for a reason. I mean, she had that unique look and she was a good actress. Yeah, actually, that um, uh, you bringing that up about the unique look, I did make note of that in this where she is one of those. Um, and the two other women that come to mind are totally gonna blank on it, but Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Dirty Dancing, Jennifer Grey. Yeah, where it's just like I. And I, tr- I I said it really well in one of them. I can't remember what, but it's like, it's not to say that any of them are not attractive, but they have such a unique look to them where I feel like a lot of other women, especially like the mainstream Hollywood um, women kind of all look alike. Yeah. Like, you know, the most beautiful women, the most attractive women, you know, they have like hair similar hairstyles you know maybe even nose jobs like their facial features look very similar but there are specific unique looks to molly ringwald uh jamie lee curtis and gray whatever yeah and i would even throw in um actresses like elizabeth shoe the you know from the original karate kid Mm -hmm. Allie. like she was very attractive but she had her own look that kind of set her out from everybody else. More of like a wholesome look, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, somewhat, but not quite as much. She had a unique look, but like you said, it's kind of more of the girl next door kind of a thing. Yeah. And I feel like there, that's more common mm-hmm. than the unique features that you get from the three that I mentioned now I totally admit yeah. that there's more than that but those are the three that usually come to mind where it's just that they have such a unique look about them right I would agree with that um so Michael Scheffling 
is kind of a famous like heart throb, I guess, from an eighties movie. And he's brought up quite a bit. <laughs> um, I thought he did a pretty good job in this movie. I didn't think it was like anything amazing. But uh, did you recognize him? Because uh, it was in a movie that we watched before. You, no, I did not recognize him. I was clicking through some people's names. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, he was Loudon's friend in Vision Quest that dressed up like a Native American all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks different enough in that movie. I mean, he's got a mohawk in it, so he looks different enough in that movie to kind of make you do a double take. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything else you want me to get in the trivia? Uh, no, I think I'm ready to go. Rock. I got quite a bit for this because it was like one of John Hughes' first movies, and there's a lot that went into it. There was a lot of interesting things I had to cut myself off. Uh, so Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald initially disliked each other. So John Hughes took them to a record store and then they bonded over um, finding out that they liked the same music. Uh, one of the groups that they liked was this band called the Rave Ups, which um, Molly actually scribbled on her character's notebook. Huh. Uh, so Vigo Mortensen auditioned for the role of Jake Ryan. Uh, Molly Molly Ringwald told Access Hollywood, I really liked him. He made me weak in the knees. He really did. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Vigo. I didn't... Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, So the movie's costume designer begged Molly Ringwald not to wear the hat that she wore in the beginning of the movie. Uh, Ringwald insisted... And then after the movie is released, teenage girls started wearing hats tilted back like she does. Nice. Yeah. Trendsetter. <laughs> so out of all the films that Molly Ringwald made with uh, John Hughes, she said that she had the most fun making 16 Candles. Nice. So Havilland Morris, who played um, Samantha's older sister, Wait, no, no she played uh, she played no, she played the um Jake's girlfriend. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um she did not want to do the shower scene. Um, because the point was that it was supposed to be that her boobs were bigger than Sam and Randy's, uh, which they weren't, and it made her uncomfortable with the scene, so they actually ended up using a body double. So that wasn't actually her. Int- okay. Yeah, it's just, it ended up being like this doesn't make much sense for them to be looking at her because she's not more well endowed. Uh, so Carlin Glynn, uh, who plays Sam's mom, confronted John Hughes about the fact that the script didn't call her or for her to apologize for forgetting your daughter's birthday, despite the fact that her character was described as a good and attentive mother. Uh, Hughes agreed. And then added the scene where Brenda tearfully apologizes to Samantha. Yeah, I think that was good Which, that that was included. Yeah, I think so too. And then they also had the scene too where her, her and her dad have a heart to heart. I thought that was pretty cool. Other yeah. than, but I got something. I believe I have something about that later. If not, I'll I'll share it because I remember when I was looking through this. But um, Gede Watanabe says that the gong the gong sound effect wasn't included in the script. And he said, I think that the gong was something they added. Someone must have had a few beers when they did that. <laughs> uh, so Samantha's room was actually a set that was built inside a high school gym where they filmed the dance. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, Molly Ringwald um, almost lost a part of Samantha to Ali Sheedy, who she ended up co-starring with in The Breakfast Club. Hmm. Uh, it's funny that I chose this for John Hughes Month because this is his directorial debut. Dun, dun, dun. He was just a writer before this. Uh, so Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall actually dated briefly in real life. Hmm. Uh, the two dated between this movie and The Breakfast Club in 1985. So technically they did end up together. <laughs> I was right. You nah. did it. 
it's it's probably good that uh things didn't go too horrible otherwise that could have made awkward working together right yeah uh so the same moving shot of the exterior of the high school was used for the beginning of the movie as well as the end of weird science uh, the same people can actually be seen making the same movements in both movies that's funny uh, so Michael Scheffling was so shy during his audition, it almost cost him the job. But the producer, Michelle Manning, said he was so stunning and dreamy that we had to cast him. Yeah, he did, he, he did that part pretty well, so. Yeah. Uh, so when Ginny, Sam's sister, sits down in the church scene, um, she sits next to Agnes Belushi, who is the mother of John and Jim Belushi. Uh and the Reverend is played by Brian Doyle Murray, who is Bill Murray's older brother. Yep, I saw that. I was really surprised he didn't have any lines. I know, because he's got that really... Unique voice. Yeah, unique voice. Man, having him and Zelda Rubenstein in the same movie. <laughs> um, John Hughes cast Molly Ringwald after only seeing her headshot. Uh, he was inspired by her appearance, and he put it up on his desk, and he wrote the film in just over a weekend with her especially in mind for the lead role. Huh. Uh, so Samantha's dad's car, the license plate says V58, which stands for Vacation 58, which is a story that John Hughes wrote for National Lampoon magazine, which served as the basis for the screenplay of National Lampoon's Vacation. Hmm. So Jim Carrey auditioned for the role of the geek, Ted. I'm glad he didn't. Get it. Right. As much as I love Jim Carrey and he's one of my favorite actors, like top favorite actors, um, I it would not have fit, I don't believe. Yeah. That would have been really strange. Uh so the thing I talked about with Sam and his, her dad having a heart to heart, there was a part where he notices he says to her, he's like, Hey, where are your underwear? was an original script, but they had it removed because they thought that would be creepy if a dad asked why his teenage daughter's underwear were gone. That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> John Hughes agreed and axed it. So. Uh, so in a recent podcast with interviewer Michael Rosenbaum, Anthony Michael Hall admitted when the cattle call of teen actors um, showed up to be cast as extras in the movie, John Hughes told Hall, just pick two to be your buddies. They're your buddies, so you choose them. Hall did, in fact, choose actors who would play Bryce and Wheeze, um, who ended up being Ted's wingmen in the movie. Uh, that is amazing because Bryce was played by John Cusack. This means that John Cusack owes a big debt of his career to Anthony Michael Hall because he made the choice. And Hall said, I don't even think he's fully aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's kind of interesting because you said it's funny because, you know, John Cusack has become a bigger star than Anthony Michael Hall. But like he wouldn't even have had his big break if it wasn't for Anthony Michael Hall. That is very interesting. Yeah. So other than Anthony Michael Hall, John Capello's is the only actor to appear in all three of John Hughes' teen films, which are made under a contract with Universal. Uh, he was in Weird Science. You can see him sitting at a table in the bar. He was in The Breakfast Club. He was the janitor. And in this movie, he's Sam's um, future brother-in-law. Okay. I thought I recognized him. So I did too. And then I never really looked it up in IMDb. And then when I saw this um, fact, then it blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, he was the janitor. Yeah, there we go. That makes more sense. I would have yeah. never figured him out in Weird Science, but yeah, the janitor, that makes sense. Yeah, and we liked the, the janitor character when we watched Breakfast Club. Yeah. But, and then the last thing I got is this movie cost $6.5 million and it made 23.6 in a box office. And now for grades, um, I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think they are? Uh, IMDb, let's go with uh, 7.1. 7.0. Ooh, close. close. Uh, Rotten Tomato Critic, 
81. Man, I'm so close with these. Um, Rotten Tomato audience, uh, 91. 85. Ooh, not that much of a bump. Dude, you're pretty close on like all of them. <laughs> yeah, I, fe- I feel like this one is just such a... Um, a classic i mean much more than weird science yeah and so i just uh imagined it uh getting decent reviews from everybody so i think i went first last time so do you want to go yeah i'll go um yeah this movie is a classic i think going into it i'm like oh this can't be as I can't rate this as high as weird science because I really like weird science, but then I always forget how much I like this movie. And I feel like this is a, probably a smarter movie than weird science. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it captures more of like the teenage mind, I guess from both sides. Cause you get the girls kind of aspect on it too. And I don't know. Some of the characters are great. Uh, it's got a lot of like iconic moments in it. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack and like uh, the acting all around is really solid. Uh, I ended up giving it a five out of five. I really couldn't knock it down any, you know, there are some things that haven't aged well, but at the end of the day, you got to kind of look at it. Like this came out in the eighties times were different back then kind of deal. And I don't know. I can't really judge it on how the world has changed. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't think that's fair. No, I I tend to agree with that as well because it is it is kind of unique like that where there are two ways to view it. View it as an 80s uh an 80s movie in the 80s or view it as uh a movie now. And obviously if this movie got made now, it would be drastically different. So I I totally think that's fair. That's the approach that I'm giving it to um, viewing it as an eighties movie and, you know, trying to look at it through that lens. And it was just really well done. It just, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm just being a little lame and cliche maybe at this point, but so many of his films we've given five out of five, but it's hard not to. I mean, yeah. uh, weird science. I was a little bit on the fence between maybe four point five and five, but this what there's. I don't see any way that I could not give this five out of the five, because the connection with the teenage mind, um, in high school, and it flowed rather well, even though so much was going on. And like you said, it's very interesting because it is a movie kind of of just like specific scenes. Um, The the flow might not exactly be natural, but it just works together so well. Um, Yeah. I I feel like the biggest nitpicky part is just the wasted character of Samantha's sister. Um, And so much outside of that, I'm just like, it works together so well, even even though it didn't age well, it works together so well. Yeah. So, yeah, I easily gave it a five out of five. And I would say it's John Hughes's capturing of the teenage mind and their interactions with life has aged really well. Yeah. And like even our friend Craig has said too, like his sons have watched this movie with him. And like the humor is still funny because it's, I feel like it's almost evergreen. Mm -hmm. Like where, you know, some of the stuff is like, okay, floppy disk and references to stuff like that. That might be outdated, but at the core, like the humor is still funny because it's still relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like that's where John Hughes movies really thrive. Any teenager would feel like their life was ruined if their family forgot their birthday. And any teenager, you know, dances are such a huge thing. Crushes are such a huge thing. And uh, yeah, definitely all stuff like that. So trying to impress your buddies and 
trying to act cool and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Confusing if a girl likes you or not. <laughs> With them just being a decent person. Yeah. <laughs> so a real quick thing. Um, as uh, I'm kind of as we do our grades, I keep track of it and everything. And one thing I didn't have written down was the uh, rating for this movie. This movie's a PG movie. It is. Yeah. And there's boobs in it. <laughs> and didn't she drop an? Did she drop an f bomb? Uh, she might have. Like I think early on, when everybody left the house and she was by herself. She said they effing forgot her birthday. Wow. Um, okay, so, um, all right. When did this movie come out? 1984. 1984 what yeah. month did this movie come out? Why would that be looking right now? Why oh, would that God. matter? I have a reason. Okay. May okay. 4th. Okay, so this movie came out on May 4th, 1984. PG-13 came out on July 1st, 1984. So this movie would probably be PG-13 now. No but way. I, I did honestly, not realize. Honestly, it should be R because that girl was completely naked in that shower. Yes. Yeah. And it zoomed. Dude, there was just as much nudity in that, I think, than some of the Friday the 13th movies. Yes. There just wasn't the gratuitous gore yeah no that's that's crazy to me because i saw that so that makes sense i had no idea that was 1984 that that happened because uh weird science which was 1985 is pg-13 so yeah um dude poltergeist is a pg movie oh seriously yeah that was one of the movies that brought along um pg-13 and i bet you this probably was too since there's new to be in it that uh that is very interesting. I'm pretty so. sure she does drop an F-bomb in this. But you can have one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. Once you hit two. Yeah. Then you're screwed. Yeah. So. All right. Well, kinda anyways. Kind of like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I think, would have been a PG movie if it wasn't for that scene where Steve Martin drops like 10 F-bombs. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, another five out of five. I don't think I've ever given a John Hughes movie anything less than a five. Except for maybe Dutch. When we did Dutch. Yeah. That's one of his lesser movies. It's still good. Mm -hmm. But it's one of his lesser ones, I would say. Let's see here. Um, You gave Breakfast Club a four and a half. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, you gave Dutch a three. I think, yeah, I kind of understand why I would give Breakfast Club a four and a half. I, like, if I, think I it's went, a great, I think it's a great movie, but I think it's slower than the other ones. Uh, yeah, I would probably give. Uh, uh, it would be kind of interesting, maybe at the end of this, to rate all of them. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I would give a few different grades. Uh, just probably like by half a point, but or rate our favorite to least favorite. Right. Well, it's kind of funny how I had um this planned out because we watched an Anthony Michael Hall movie and then an Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald movie. And then next week we're going to be talking about Pretty in Pink that has Molly Ringwald in it, but not Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. <laughs> Which another first time watch for you oh yeah <laughs> well you're getting a crash course in john hughes here doing the show mm-hmm. but yeah if you guys are liking the show please like subscribe and share um we've referenced it a few times we have done a john hughes month in the past it was two years ago also in november so um go back and check that out we did the breakfast club we did dutch and uh, I know we, we've done planes, trains, and automobiles before, but I don't think it was in that bunch. No, we did Uncle Buck, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dutch, and Breakfast Club. You would yeah. be looking for episodes 132 to 135. Awesome. You planned ahead. I did not. But I No, I, I did not plan ahead. See, we have this amazing I Google Doc, and so I can just hit the find button. Thanks. So. <laughs> Rock. 
but yeah please like subscribe and share uh you can follow us on social media we're on all platforms i'm not going to name them all off uh we also have a youtube channel you can check that out but i haven't added anything in a while it's been a little swamped <laughs> but yeah um come by next week we're going to be talking about pretty in pink which is an interesting john hughes movie because it's they're a little bit older i guess they're not 16 i guess they're kind of closer to senior age but yeah we also get a memorable character in john crier's ducky so come by join us for that we'll be talking about pretty and pink and until then as always be kind and rewind